Welcome to the Winners and Losers podcast. My name is Michael Doyle, and I am joined by my amigo, my partner in crime, uh, my fellow shit disturber, John LaFranco in Montreal. What's going on, John? Are we are we committing crimes here? We are committing uh, emotional crimes. We are committing <laughs> running crimes. crimes. Uh, we're going to talk about the Houston Marathon slash Half Marathon, sort of beginning of the year. First big race. Uh, we're we're back in action. We're back in the saddle. We're going to do winners and losers. We're going to talk about. We've decided to keep it to three winners, three losers each this time around. Uh, keep it nice and tight. There's a little bit of overlap, I think. I guess, mm-hmm. um, but that's okay. Um, and of course, we'll give you the preamble. The winners are uh, people who have succeeded at something, won something, gained something risked and uh been rewarded for their risk the losers are not people who suck people who are awful people who are uh losers in the trumpian sort of sense of the word they are people who rolled the dice and came up short and uh all the best to them for rolling the dice so john let's start with your first winner Uh, okay i i think there's no need to dance around uh, 224.50. Melinda Elmore, huge winner. Huge. Um, you know, uh, I don't know. What do you say? Like, total total execution. Um, Eight-minute PB, two-minute and six-second uh, off the, the Canadian record. Um her, I mean, it's not official, but let's say it, it's it's everything but official. Um, she will go to the Olympics um, again after going in uh, two thousand four, which is oh, I, I, two thousand and four. That was like um, sixteen years ago. There may, there may be a person listening to this that was not born or <laughs> does not remember what the two thousand and four where they even were. Like you, actually, you and I before yeah. before we started hit the record button. We had a moment where, like, where, where was it again? Was that uh, it was Athens, two thousand four? Yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah, like that's and and she, uh, you know, I think lots of lots of uh, winning moves there. Like for one, um, you know, no, no, being secure enough and sort of like, I guess, yeah, secure enough in in her training and her own ability and her confidence in herself to to not race in Toronto in the fall. Um, because, cause that, you know, that would have been really tempting, um, you know, on, I don't know, obviously how bad her hamstring injury was or whatever, but to, to just say, you know what, I can, I'm, I'm, I can do this and I can check the box and win. And then I can, you know, not have to worry about it. She was patient. She rehabbed, she trained some more. Um, she did a massive workout with Jim Finlayson. Uh, and then she crushed it. So, yeah. So for all of our non-Canadian listeners, A, I apologize. Houston, (laughs) the Houston marathon and the Houston half are sort of like, um, they're like, it's like a little Canadian trials that happens almost like seemingly every year. There's a pretty stout field of Canadians that go down there and, uh, 
sort of do special things. Uh, last year was a really great time as well. Um, a lot of fantastic performances. We'll be talking a lot about the half marathon performances, I think, I imagine, uh, after this. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so Melindy Elmore, she's 39 years old. She is a former track runner. Um, she went to the Olympics a million years ago for the 1500 meters. She ran 402 as her, that's her, her fastest 1500 meter time. Very high quality international time, particularly for that period. And, um, then she kind of like, I think she sort of stuck around for a little while on the track. It didn't really work out for her. Didn't make, didn't make an Olympics after that, after uh, it came very close. Um, and then subsequently, I think she got into triathlon for a bit. Um, and, <laughs> has been a coach as well and then got into the marathon and ran what's her time last year she ran uh 23215 in Houston last year so yeah that's fucking nuts that's a huge <laughs> yeah. huge step and that's a like when we're getting into the 224 range that's that's a solid high quality marathon internationally that's a we're getting into, you know, decent Kenyan territory there for just, just for like kind of punching one in and running a good race. So, um, that's super impressive. Um, my, uh, my first winner is, uh, this is sort of a, this is cheap. I apologize in advance. Canada. Oh, <laughs> uh, flag here, Canada, the entire country. Um, and the reason why I say that is, John, holy shit! Can like running in Canada is 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 in a good place going into the twenty twenty Olympics. I I admit, and you will not be surprised to hear this from my lips. I am I was skeptical last year. I wasn't sure how things were going to shake out. I was wondering about some of these performances, where we were going to be with the marathon in particular, because it is such a a, a strange bird, a fickle beast. Uh, and I was, I think I said to you at some point last year that I didn't, didn't think we were going to send a full team of three and three in the men's and women's sides. Um, and things are shaping up really well. And like the performances, which we'll talk more about the halves coming up, but like the performances were stellar. So, uh, looks to me like we can, we can do this sort of the checklist here. I think it's mm. fair to say this, uh, Melinda Elmore going to the Olympics for the marathon. Yes. 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 Um, yeah. Uh, Rachel cliff going to the Olympics for the marathon. Yes. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Previous Canadian record holder. And we'll talk about her in a bit. I'm sure. Um, and then third person is going to be Dana Pitoreski. Probably. Right. She can't not be. She, she gets injured. She won the, Canadian the trials. trials at in Toronto in the fall, which yeah. locks you the number one spot as long as you hit the time, which she did. She ran yeah, 229.03. 229.03, under, two, uh, under 229.30 or whatever the time is to make to, yeah. for the eight, to make the Olympics. So mm-hmm. so we've got our team. Um, mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so Canada has um, has done well. And then on the the reason why I say Canada is because on the men's side, things are looking really good too. I think, yeah, I think going into Toronto last fall, we thought we had Cam Levins and that was kind of it. And then mm. now we've got, 
maybe three guys as well. So we'll talk right. a little bit, a bit about that. So who's your second winner? Okay, so just to, to sort of, you know, uh, connect with what you're just saying. So yeah, Cam Levins and Trevor Hoffbauer won. And then the third guy that I think is going to be the third guy is is the my winner from today, Rory Linkletter. I, I love Rory. He's such a good guy. And uh, even though, like, we found out he's not religious or whatever, which makes his, like, his just genuine niceness all, all the more wonderful i think just because well, he cause, doesn't he, he doesn't have to be nice because he's not afraid of god it's just that he's nice he's just he's nice. nice he's just he's just a nice guy and and like i think you know so we've talked about him on this podcast before i i really i thought he was gonna do it in toronto he didn't but you know i think his reaction to that was really good um he was like i learned stuff i learned stuff man and and then you know i think what happened is he came back to this, he came to the half and the half marathon is way easier than the marathon. And I think that basically, you know, if he doesn't hit it out of the park in the half, then, then you have questions, but like he, I mean, he was 15 seconds off the Canadian record. So let's, let's tell the kids what, what one, Rory ran today. Yeah. He ran one Oh, Jeff Schiebler's record. 101 28 from a long time ago um so like he he's doing everything and i i don't know i don't know his plans but like you know hopefully he's got a spring marathon lined up and i think that you know he's he'll he'll get it like i i really do think he'll get it because i think he's done the marathon and now he knows you know i think you have to do one to know and i think he was he he, he respected it going in and and he did it, but I think you don't know until you know. And now he knows, and he has the wheels. So I expect fully for him to, I mean, 211 should not be a problem for him. <laughs> oh, dangerous. Again, dangerous to say that. I know, I know, I know. And I feel bad. Let's not, I'm, you know, I'm not the kind of person who thinks that it was my fault that he didn't run well because I didn't like jinx him the first time or something. That's not, I don't really go that way. But, um, so yeah, so he's a big winner for me and, you know, and yeah. So he's, he's my number two winner as well. And, uh, first things first, he's a 10,000 meter guy he ran at BYU. Uh, hence the reason why we're talking about the God stuff. Um, he went to BYU on his own volition to immerse himself in a monk like training lifestyle. Um, very romantic, uh, and, and, and very focused and just sort of speaks to how badly this guy wants it. Right. Um, mm. he's willing to piss away his the prime of his life, the, the, the fun years, the years <laughs> he will never get back in order to run a shitload, um, which is amazing and nuts. Um, and so he's a 10,000 meter guy. Um, you know, obviously very gifted on the track, uh, quality times on the track. Uh, and, um, so I would say that the marathon, the half marathon is a lot closer to 10,000 meters, uh, than it is to the marathon, uh, in mm -hmm. a weird way. The marathon's yeah. a different beast altogether. <laughs> Although, uh, you know, I, I don't think he did terribly in Toronto. I think he, he just needed to learn some things and mm -hmm. it was a, uh, a teachable moment and he got strung out. He was on his own. He was on, he ran a lot on his own, which is a really, mm -hmm. I think it's something that I hope the takeaway for that guy is 
don't get strung out on your own in a marathon. Find some people to run with, run strategically, and um, bide your time, wait for the second half, blah, 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 blah. So yeah. I imagine he'll do all of that in the spring. I, I, I'm excited for this guy. I'm excited for his spring oh, race. I like wh- Also, where do you want to see dude him is, run? Like, dude is 23 I, years old. He's 23. I know. This is, this is good. John, this is good. This is good for running in this country. This is like, this is what we yeah. want, right? Like, no knock on Melanie Elmore, who's like, you know, my age, but like, <laughs> yeah. You know, we want to see young, up and coming talent who that are like have a lot ahead of them, right? Like that don't have a very tight ceiling. So, yeah, I'm cur- very curious to see what he does next. What do you think he should run in the spring? Where? Like what race do you yeah, think he should yeah, run? Yeah. Do I think he should run? Like if you're his uh, coach, if you're his coach, you're a coach. You coach people. You coach. Yeah, I do. Good runners. Um, what do you tell? What do you? What would you tell Roy to run? to make the Olympics Rotterdam uh, Rotterdam is very good um, I think though maybe uh, I don't know I want to say like London maybe just because London's such a roll of the dice, man, because it can be warm there. It's, yeah. it's there's a lot of turns. I don't think it's as fast as people think it pretended to be. You know, talk about it being. Uh, yeah, I'm just thinking in terms of timing, like a little later, because mm. it's it's late. It's end of April, right? Um, isn't it? It is. I think it's in at some point. It's like it's, it's the it's the after Boston. Date. I'll look it up, but yeah, it's after. It's yeah. usually the week after like, Boston. Uh, yeah, like that's I think later because. Um, it gives you a little more time to recover from, from this race. Although, you know, I, I don't have any insight into what, you know, how much he rested, you know, going into this one. And I mean, he did run a marathon in October. So like, I, yeah, like probably didn't really have that much of a ramp up to this race anyway. It's not like he would have, you know, kind of gone all in. Uh, this is probably just a step along the way. So in that case, like maybe earlier is, is fine too. Like, you know, but maybe you go lower key, something like Prague or something. Um, but you also want to have people around you. So I would, you know, I'd go through the process of looking at like the, you know, what kind of, what kind of finishers are there around the, you know, 209 to 211 area. Cause I think that's what he could do. Um, and, and see how, you know, see how many bodies there are um, and then make a choice about that. So that. Uh, London is uh, April 26th. Prague is May 2nd. Um, mm-hmm. So interestingly, a Saturday race in Prague. <coughs> um, uh, That's yeah. good. It frees you up on Sunday to go to church. Amen. Uh, I... Th- I wonder where he's at. I wonder where his builds at, where his fitness is at. We'll we'll give a I'll we'll reach out to him and find out. But yeah. like um, follow up follow up feature. We'll do a little follow up here. We'll yeah we'll do the follow up feature because we wrote something about Alex wrote yeah. a really great piece about him in, in October and um, yeah. I wonder I wonder if he's just ramped back up again. This is the other thing about being twenty three years old recovery. Yeah yeah yeah. Like a lot easier right like for sure. Are we gonna he's um 
he's a an Arizona guy, so he's central. He's time a Nazarite now, yeah, yeah. Cent, he's central time zone, if I'm not mistaken, um, or mountain. Maybe it's mountain. I think it's mountain, mm-hmm. where you know it gets a little bit easier to go to Japan for a race. Maybe Tokyo. Maybe Tokyo mm-hmm. marathon. I don't know. Um, Tokyo's soon though. Tokyo's February, isn't it? It's in February. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's why. Well, I'm if yeah. I mean, if if he wants to do that, he's already in because there's no way. No, he's, yeah. you, you, you got to line that up uh, pretty early. Yeah, it's a world major. Yeah. yeah. So um, we've both done our second winner. Uh, who's your third one? Um, Natasha Wodak, Canadian record in the half marathon, 109.39. Hot damn. That was like, a race. Yeah. It, so I'll, I'll say what I sort of said before. Like we were, you know, discussing like kind of on our start team slack page and just kind of chatting about things and you know and it looked like rachel and and rachel cliff and natasha were running the half and they you know, on pace for like a low 110 which is you know close to canadian record but it didn't look like didn't look like the record was going to fall look like they were going to be in the 10 10 15 10 20 range and then i just got the notification and i was like wait what <laughs> 109.39 like so natasha just dropped a huge last mile in a bit and 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 just crushed it and um i guess rachel rachel ran uh 110 12 which is you know fast but uh under her old record and and yeah natasha won the day um so my big question and i kind of know the answer because i've you know i've talked to her about it before but like this is the wild card like what if she dropped a marathon no no she's not running that (laughs) i mean so Let's uh, let's talk this through here. She has run a marathon. Yeah, she ran one marathon in two thousand and thirteen, right? Yeah, like two thirty five ish, two thirty six, two thirty six. I think it was. Uh, yeah. She she did well. I mean, this was a lot. This is this is many moons ago now, and at she, the time, uh, and yeah. uh, I think it was uh, seen as a successful debut for her, but. The vibe I got from her at the time, and then you know, obviously we're talking like six mm-hmm. and a change years later, like mm-hmm. not not her not her favorite event, no. not her favorite no. experience, not something she really wanted to like. Just you know, some people like you're either a marathon runner or you're not, and I think she's yeah. a total, she's a total trackie, right? Like she's a distance trackie. She's she's the Canadian ten thousand meter record holder. She's mm-hmm. um, clearly got killer speed i mean like she closed that last mile in like low five minute mile pace right so mm-hmm. she knows how to negotiate a track really well i can't imagine she's got to be thinking she's still in prime form on the track she's still running really well I, she's thinking to herself like i'm gonna make another olympics uh which i think that if you were to ask wodak uh going into rio you know, am I going to be, are you going to like, are you going to make the next, are you going to make the next Olympics? She wouldn't, she wouldn't want to talk about that. She'd just be focusing on the now. But yeah. I think now that she's on the precipice of making her second team in a row, um, she's also in her late thirties. I don't know exact age off the top of my head, but you know, she's, she's, you know, not, 25 years old um and so she's in this position where she's going to make a second olympics and she's 
I think she's going to focus on the thing that she knows and she's comfortable <coughs> with and she's done before. She's done the Olympics before she's comfortable with. So um, I highly doubt that she'll be doubling down for uh, a big, huge marathon build and going after a spring race. Be really cool if she did. She'd probably run a 220 whatever, but um, I don't think we're ever going to find out what Natasha Woodock's going to run in a marathon in 2020. She could pull like a Lanny and do like a 10,000 and, and the marathon at the Olympics. Is that possible with the schedule? Uh, good question because they're in such a different place. Interesting. I don't know. We'll look into that. Uh, that like for question. just for pure like insanity, I think we need to advocate for this. I know Natasha's like, Natasha's like if Fuck she's you listening, guys, she's like, no, no, no. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. still, I don't know. I just think that it would be um exciting but yeah i know for sure i think that um you know based on uh, you know based on that like you were saying with rory like the half is closer to the 10k based on that you know i think you know if she gets in a good 10k and this is the problem with 10k is there's like two or three of them a year that are any good that you know at, at that level yeah. um but if she if she gets in a good one she could run under 31 which is fantastic i don't know technically if if she's punched her ticket or not like because usually the window mm. she could have run a, a ten thousand last year i forget um but i feel like uh, you know she's not no one's a lock for anything really like until you run the time but i feel like she's a lock for the ten thousand so um i mean who else I, is I think, gonna take I, it from her i know that yeah and, and that's it it's also not a deep event where the you know there's not really anyone else at the moment that I can, I mean, sorry if I'm just blatantly missing someone, but, you know, like, because Rachel Cliff is, I think, focused on the marathon. Um, and then, I don't know. Yeah. So I, I think she can run under 31 in the track this year if, if that's her focus and that's going to mean that you know, she should be able to mix it up. In I mean, unless you get another, like, um, what was that woman's name? Amaya? Mm -hmm. Who, this, this, Maya, yeah. yeah like unless you get another situation like that where you get this i mean i'm just gonna say it like clearly doped person who's Whoa. just <laughs> running Whoa. running running like insane and just strings everyone out but i mean she did benefit from that last time where it you know made the race really fast and she ended up running pretty fast in the olympics yeah um, pulled everybody else yeah so if if i mean if natasha's in shape to run under 31 then she could really bust open that that canadian record and 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 uh and at the olympics if that goes down that way or if it goes down in a different way i think you know her closing speed might be such that you know it, it kind of like a like a mohammed justin knight scenario where you're hanging around you're hanging around and then all of a sudden all you have to do is run like a last you know k and and you know maybe that's and that might be what she's working like if and you know if i know lynn and i know her like they're you know they're thinking about these things and and trying to work on that stuff so um yeah i i i for for maximum like chaos natasha wodak dropping a marathon would be amazing but but she she's a 10k runner and she's gonna crush that so yeah so let's get into the ugly business because i got what <coughs> i got wodak is my uh as my third winner as well and i'll just I'll cap it by saying um, the last time you and I chatted uh, about this whole winners and losers business, John, um, we talked about the Canadian cross country championships and we, 
We called her a loser. I I did. I did. <laughs> you which, did. Oh, man. And I told you she wasn't. No, I know. And now I and now I recognize my folly because yeah. you know, clearly she was um you know, probably at the beginning of her build towards this and it was at some point in like mid November. Uh so yeah. she was like just she was just putting in the work and she she knew what she was doing. She knew what she was doing. She's like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna put some I'm gonna apply some pressure. I'm gonna see if I can stay with the leaders. Um, I don't quite have it. I don't have that gear. I don't have that like focus right now. I don't have that interest in this right now. I'm just gonna hold in there and run a good race and get a good effort in and get a good like you know a good bump in fitness from because the body does not know that you are running a race. The body just knows that you're putting in an effort, right? So. Um, she is so why wi- you got a doubt why you got a doubt exactly man? she's wiser than I I take it back I apologize Natasha Wodak you were not a loser yeah. at the cross country championships because <laughs> you are a fucking winner today um, okay so let's let's go into the losers uh, for now lessons okay. learned why don't you why don't you do your first loser and then because I think that'll okay. flow better okay uh, my first is Emily Setlack, another Canadian who, why, who, uh, <laughs> why? and I love, I love Emily Setlack. Shout out to my Facebook friend, Emily Setlack. Uh, we, because, um, Emily is in a tough spot because she showed up, she ran the half. She did okay. She ran just fine. Um, Perf- a perfectly cromulent one eleven thirty nine. Cromulent, your word, your word. That's my word. Um, yeah. Well, yeah, one eleven thirty nine. Solid time. Not bad. It's okay. Um, the danger in all of this is, of course, is that Emily is going to have to run a marathon this spring. Um, so, all things considered, actually, this is like loser with an asterisk next to it. Because who knows? This is like again part of the my. My lesson from the Wodak thing. Before. I was just going to say, like, it's the this same. This is part thing. of the build. This is part of the process. Sure, because it's in, loser in for like now, two months for now for yeah. now. So yeah. as um, if you get in the uh, the time machine and go back, you remember in Toronto in the fall, she charged across the finish line, just missing just missing the Olympic standard. Uh, ran a uh, two twenty nine. Uh, 48 48 thank you and you know missed that olympic standard by like by a little seconds. by a little bit of <laughs> by a little bit of focus over the last 5k essentially is what it was right um fantastic time fantastic performance uh i think surprised a lot of people and um and so she didn't do badly today like this is a quality time i'm not knocking her for this it's just like um We'll see. We'll see now. Cause now we're getting into the all exciting, slightly unexpected kind of amazing log jam of uh, talent trying to get into the, the marathon in Canada on the women's side. So, right. I think, I think that why. what you could say is that Emily Setlack is kind of the, the, the symbol for all the other losers out there who aren't going to the Olympics. Yeah. They're like that's <laughs> like real, real close. You're really yeah. good. You're real good at running, and yeah. and this sucks. But yeah, yeah. Um, okay. But thanks for playing. Yeah, that's like. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I mean, crazy, crazy. I mean, I I hope I hope I'm wrong. 
I hope that this is the beginning of something special. I hope she lines up and bangs out a 226 in Prague or uh, uh, Rotterdam or wherever she decides to go. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I, am, I am cheering for you, Emily. So Yeah, because that, that's what it's going to take. So so my first loser, and, you know, uh, again, wonderful person. Um, I consider her friend, but Lindsay Tessier is... Oh. is now on the outside looking in. She didn't even do anything this weekend, and now she's all set up as a loser. Like She must be like, guys, what the hell? This fucking but sucks. This this sucks because she she went to World Championships, ran the race of her life, finished ninth, made which is the Olympic standard. But now, because, and this will be talked about more later, but as we mentioned, the three spots are essentially locked up. And if you if you put her head to head with each of the three, like you put her head to head with Elmore, no, Elmore is going to go. If you put her head to head with Rachel Cliff, I you know I, I just I think that, that that Rachel Cliff's time is is still it's just significantly better by by more than enough than than her performance. If you put her head to head with Dana Pitoreski's performance, notwithstanding the fact that that spot is locked in. Then I think she has a real good argument. Like I, if I would take her over Dana, just not you know again like the, that's not what the rules say, but in terms of of historical performances and because just that performance was in the heat, the you know the the travel involved and all that stuff, and and still coming out with a huge day, you know I, I think that that's the better play, but it's not possible. It's you. It's not possible based on the, it's on not the, within the selection. Yeah. It's not within the rules. So so she's she's out unless she decides to run another marathon. And again, that you know, she would have to it, compare herself to Rachel Cliff. So she would have to run to you know twenty six fifty or something. And even then, I, I you know I don't know. So it's it's tough. It's tough. It sucks. But that's what's that's what's transpired now because of because of Elmore lowering the bar by so much. You know, if if Melindy had come in and and, and run um, the standard, yeah, like, you know, two twenty nine ish, then then you start to have questions. But this is just so far above what's been done before that there's you know she's put herself into untouchable category. And Rachel Cliff, you know, the only reason I think that we are not considering Rachel Cliff untouchable, and I think I kind of am still, is that all of a sudden now, you know, there is someone who's that much further above her, but she's still pretty untouchable. So, so let's let's yeah. break let's break this down for the listeners just real quick. So um, now we've got in terms of like the Mount Rushmore of women's marathon running in Canada, we've got Melinda Elmore is the big cheese she's 224.50 canadian record set it today um or i guess we'll be putting this out tomorrow so set on sunday um Mm. then we've got uh rachel cliff previous canadian record holder uh who ran 226.56 was the previous canadian record um which she set in uh japan last year so um and Another thing to consider is that uh, Rachel Cliff is sort of, I think, like, you know, she's 31. She's, like, improving at this event, and obviously Melindy is as well. So mm. you've got these two women on the ascent. Um, and then third right now 
sitting there is uh, is Dana Pitoreski, who mm-hmm. ran the Toronto Waterfront Marathon, which was considered sort of the de facto uh, marathon trials for the Olympics, where Athletics Canada, who gets to decide who goes to the Olympics for Canada, uh, said, if you show up at this race and you are the top Canadian and you run under the Olympic qualifying time, which for the women was 229 30, um, 30, right. Um, they, you get in, you're in, you're like, you get, you get a spot locked and that's exactly what Dana Pitoreski did. Lindsay Tessier is the fourth banana in all this where she, she did it a different way. She has run a 230 in the past in Berlin. Um, she is a like stalwart, consummate performer, very steady, very, very predictable performer, um, has improved with every race. She ran the world championships in Doha, which were obviously a shit show and like 42 fucking degrees Celsius and placed ninth overall, but her time was whatever. Um, and so she's kind of getting punished in all this because she's that the value, the weighted value of that is fourth. It's like, she's the fourth person now. So, and they only take three for the Olympics. So she, that's where we sit right now. So that's why you're saying that she's kind of lost and all she did. She really did lose in a huge way today. Um, Mm -hmm. she lost going to the Olympics today. So now what does she have to do? She now has to exit her comfort zone and do a spring marathon. And if she wants to go to the Olympics, she has to go and run a race probably in April. I hope she's been training and, Mm -hmm. and crush it. She basically has to, because Dana Pedreski has this like weird protected performance. She has to, go out and run a 226.55 or better mm-hmm. to unseed Rachel Cliff, who will also probably be now lining up for a spring race, right? Uh, so this maybe is not. something maybe that... Well, this, see, what you've said uh, made, made me think of she, something. Maybe she sits when and rests. It, and then... for, well, for, for Lindsay... Um, yeah, like she's in a position where I guess I guess there's there's three things that can happen. Well, well, I guess there's two things that can happen. She can run a spring marathon or she cannot. If she runs one and she runs a fast enough time, say faster than Rachel Cliff, then she'll probably put herself in the Olympics cuz not only would it be faster, but it would be more recent, which you might think I I don't know, like it's nothing in the criteria that says this, but you know, two twenty six now is worth more than two twenty six a year ago because, you know, presumably, it's you know, bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. Maybe I don't know. Is that the right expression? Um, but I also wonder, like, you have to run another marathon in August, and running a marathon in like April, May. April's okay. May is kind of like like. There needs to be enough time to recover and then get better again, or not get better, but just like I guess train and you know and prepare for the Olympics. So, like, if if you do that, if you run a marathon late in the spring to get on the team, are you essentially saying 
I'm just going for the trip because there's no chance I'm going to run well, you know, doing which is a terrible. Which, by the way, is a fucking deplorable thing to do. I I, well, but I mean, what? So does that mean now that what is the the drop dead date where people morally should not try anymore because it's not cool? Like if you run Mm -hmm. Ottawa Marathon and you go and run like a two twenty three, like. You know, that's like it's going to take you all of June to to recover, and then you have a month to prepare for another marathon. But uh, technically, you would be the fastest person. We were talking about this on another podcast with the um, about uh, not not you and I, but <coughs> another podcast that we do as a with the with the XC is that we were talking about Elliot Kipchoge and the tight turnaround between London and the Olympics, and. Mm-hmm. And London's the end of April, and the turnaround was pretty tight. I can't remember the exact yeah. number, but it was quite tight. And yeah, it, it, it meant yeah. that you had a very abbreviated training schedule if you want to take any time of down any amount of downtime <laughs> between the marathon, right? So, um, yeah. yeah, and I, I don't know if it's that's something. That's I also think easily. I also think that there's a line between people like Elliot Kipchoge and people who are barely qualifying for the Canadian Olympic team. Somewhere in there is a line where your ability to recover is enhanced. It may be enhanced genetically or it may be enhanced artificially, illegally. Easy now. Well, I mean, I think that as you go up the tiers... And away from, I, you know, I, I don't think any Canadian marathons are doping. So uh, away from, from, you know, I guess more, I don't know, genuine amateurs, let's put it that way, then, it, you know, you have that ability to recover. And it, 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 that's, that's one of the, the things with doping and the, the sort of unfair playing field. It's not just like, well, you can make yourself run faster in a race, but you can recover faster in training so you can do more dense training and you can also recover faster from races so you can do more races and make more money and potentially you know like yeah turn around and run an olympic marathon so uh, i'm not really worried about kipchoge i'm not going to comment on the provenance of his ability to recover but i'm going to assume that it is the best um he has all of the um he has everything at his disposal that he will need to succeed at that and right and a 41-year-old school teacher who is basically, you know, maxed out in terms of doing everything she possibly can to be the best that she can be. We're talking Lindsay Tessier here. Is, yeah, like that's, it's a tougher ask. You know what I mean? Like, she's it's good, hard. It's hard. She's so good, I mean, for, she's a good for game time to, performer, so we'll see. She is. We'll see. She is. But it's just a tougher ask. So... Uh, that it's just there's a whole bunch of questions that kind of come into play with the selection. So, um, uh, should we do my next loser? Because I think it it's it fits now with what we're talking about. Sure. So I, I wanted to talk about the Canadian the selection process as kind of the loser, quote unquote. So mm. I I have to um, by based on the the AC employee handbook, I have to kind of make a. a declaration that like this is me talking i don't speak for ac and more specifically 
Oh yeah. So I, like I, more for anyone who's listening in and is not yeah. familiar, you like, work I, for I Athletics work, Canada. I, I work for <laughs> Athletics Canada, but I did not write the criteria. I do not make any team selections. I'm not party to any discussions of team selections. Despite this, people seem to like want to email me and ask me stuff. I don't know. Like I don't know. And and I also work from home, so it's not like there is an office where we You're all sit hearing the gossip. And, yeah. and, and 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 smoke cigars and discuss like it. That's not how it works. But I, however it works, I'm not involved. So I, my speculation is the same as anyone else's speculation. I don't have any any more information than anyone else does on on how these things are are done or or whatever. Um, but I, I think that so based on some of the you know public conversations that people have had, like I think if you go to I don't know if it was on Tracky, but I know it was on uh, St- Steve Weiler's uh, Endurance Odyssey sort of forum thing. It's not as uh, well-trafficked as Tracky, I guess, because you can't be anonymous. So <laughs> I guess that cuts down what people want to say. But there was a bit of a back and forth that Steve and I and Boyd had about it. And um, and I, I don't know if Boyd has said this elsewhere, but like people said, like you know, let the athletes choose. Let the athletes select themselves. And and there's a lot of push for like just have a straight a straight trials race, just one two three across the line, you know. But if you do that, then you get you get a different team than if you do it this way. So the way it is is like we've sort of gone over the trials. There was one spot at the trials, and then after that, it's not necessarily the next two fastest, but it, it kind of, it essentially is like the yeah. way that it's stacked up. As is now, if yeah. we had if if we had like four women at 229.05, 229.10, 229.15, then there would be some real discussion and subjective kind of like analyzing of like, okay, was this race before this race or after this race? And what was the weather on this race? And what are their half marathon times? But that's not really what's going to happen. So that's fine. But I think that even that one, that one spot for the trials, I, I don't know if I'm in favor of the trials because of the way this has played out. So again, like as the 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 sort of um, our disclaimer on the podcast, like no personal offense to Dana Pitoreski, but if the goal is to select the best three marathoners to who will perform the best in Tokyo, then I don't think the selection criteria has done the job because they've not selected Lindsay Tessie, but they have selected Dana Pitoreski. That's a hot take. Uh, I, well, I mean, again, like no, no offense, like, and, and, and again, it doesn't matter what I think because, because the, 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 the process is what it is. So pushback, pushback on that. Yeah. Okay. Pushback is Dana showed up and, uh, decimated a field in Toronto when she had to. So she performed on demand as they like to say at Athletics Canada. And she also, um, ran under 230, which is better than what. Tessier has done so that's true that's true it's not like it's I, i'm not saying that i think that it's like um you know that that dana has no business at the olympics like i think that we we have uh uh like you know similar with emily Setlack. there's a group of of canadian distance runners who are who are good enough now and we kind of have this I, it's not quite an embarrassment of riches i would say but we we have a, like a somewhat of a surplus um, of, yeah, I think of, I think of I think, decent distance runners. I think the, so. We can have these conversations, right? I think that's that's a good thing. Um, 
and I think that, yeah, so you're right, performance on demand. And again, I'm not taking anything away from, you know, within the, the criteria as they are, Dana performed accordingly. And, and you know, and we discussed this after. She was a winner on our last, uh, you know, on our Toronto podcast for sure. But is the goal the best team? And if it's the best team, how do you predict, you know, what someone's going to do in the marathon like a year or or six months later like it's it's really kind of hard the decision on the first two is pretty easy because they're they're really fast but the you know i don't know like head to head i don't know who i'd i i I do know who i would pick and i think that's because the performance on demand in doha is much closer to what the performance on the demand on demand will be in uh in tokyo so you, um, you, I'll just ask you a straight up question. You think that Lindsay Tessie is a better marathon runner than Dana is? Yes. Yeah. I do. And, yeah. and sure, but, you can come right back and say, yeah, but Dana's PB is a minute faster, which is true. Yeah. It's true. And uh, I think the, the, the sticky situation will be what if, and this may not happen, but what if Dana Pitoreski does not have a great, series of races like she she was in houston and she did not she dnf'd um pretty early dnf though so you don't really know what that means like it's it's hard hard to to draw could be be a health thing could be you know could she could have had the flu she could have had an injury issue whatever um but what if what if she does not perform she does not show fitness as uh Mm -hmm. the old saying goes uh leading up to Leading up to the Olympics, I mean that's a that's a tough scenario because she has got her slot locked. So right, and um, that's another thing about the the selection. So in the past, there was a a sort of a clause of proving fitness, which people did not like, um, you know, and um, but it was there, and it was very subjective and very vague, which is I think why people didn't like it. It's not there anymore. So yeah, but there's like a clause. Dana Dana can go run 40 minutes at a local 10k, and it doesn't have any bearing on Olympic selection. But isn't there a clause now where they're kind of like, yeah, but we don't have to pick you if we don't want to. Mm. Yeah, technically, technically. Okay, I'm uh, I'm gonna look. I mean, I it says so automatic nomination. One step one. This is how it's done. First, the highest place Canadian athlete in each trial event will be automatically nominated for the event. Um, and then and then after that, it says additional athletes who have not been nominated pursuant to step one um, will be considered as additional athletes. So that means basically if you've achieved a qualifying standard. Um, ah, there we go. Then, That's then, the language. Then, it's no, will be considered. It, you're going to be – if you're yeah, not – No, no, not, no, but – you know, uh, you're not the top no, no, dog, and we consider. No, no, that's not. But that's not. Hold on. There's another thing that says. Uh, okay, this is the initial meeting. That's the initial meeting. The final meeting, and then it says for avoidance of no. That's not it. There's one that says. <laughs> hold on. Oh, don't worry about it. This is also boring. If, no, 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 no. I want to read it because it's because this people get all like, oh no, what if they just decide to not you know name someone. If the number of additional athletes is within the remaining event quota, all of the additional athletes will be nominated. So that means that if there's two spots and there's two athletes who have the qualifying standard, 
they will name both those people. Okay. 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 Um, and if if it exceeds, then they will rank them, and athletes will be nominated in this ranking order until the event quota is full. That means that they will always select a full team if if it's possible to. Right. So they're not going to send two female marathoners because four have the criteria. Right. Are they going to communicate? Like, this is the thing that bothers me about all this is like, we're going to enter the spring and there's a little bit of chaos and like, there's no communication from athletics Canada about like who's in, what the rankings are, who, where everybody's, right. where everyone so stands. Can, yeah. What your, like what your I, hand and, looks like, right. For sure. So for, for, I can, you know, for world championships, we went through this with Mel. Mel did not know Mel until Mel Myron, she ran at world championships. She did not know until four days before she left for, uh, the altitude camp in Switzerland that she was going. Okay. So end of August, she was nominated. It would have been a lot nicer to know in whenever it was like June or July or after whenever it was the early nomination date for marathon was actually May. It was right after Ottawa. So there were two, there was two months there where literally nothing changed on the marathon scene. Um, but, uh, we, we didn't know. Now I can tell you this behind the scenes, um, that, you know, not as, again, not as an employee of athletics Canada, but as a, a coach who is coaching an athlete who's potentially going, uh, in the month of August, um, you know, I reached out to the team manager and I said, okay, um, we want to plan travel and stuff. Um, you know, can we set something up so that as soon as we find out, then we flip the switch and the, the flights are booked. And and Nicole Clark, who's the team manager, is like, yes, this is how we do it. We have a long list of athletes who are potentially qualifying, and we're doing logistics behind the scene to, you know, make sure that, like, everyone's available and, and find out what your best flights are and all the sort of stuff that they do. So that, you know, was helpful. And it kind of helped that, like, you know, she was training for a spring marathon anyway, or a fall marathon anyway. And if she didn't get selected, then basically she was just going to kind of take a recovery week and then just go back into training and, and, and just go for Toronto, which was only a couple weeks later. So it was fine. Um, you know, for Tokyo, it's kind of like if you find out you're not going, then I don't know, you, you, you've got like an extra two months to, to deal with it. But I, in, in this case, the, the deadline is June. So, it's right after Ottawa. So there's not really that extra space where there's going to be this uncertainty. So I think that, you know, it's, it's okay. There's going to be plenty of time for people to know. So like if someone runs in, you know, in at the beginning of May in Prague, uh, some kind of a time that's, you know, that is within, I don't know what the time would be to be considered, right? Like, faster than Rachel Cliff, I guess. Yeah. Or what if, I don't know, here's a crazy scenario. What if someone runs 227.10? So that's very close, but maybe they're going, well, you've done that. And Rachel Cliff, in the meantime, has run a couple half marathons in 110, but doesn't do a marathon and doesn't race from like yesterday until then. You're like, what are you mm, doing, Rachel Cliff? Good question. Do, I don't know. So I, the, you're right that there's still, there's still kind of wacky possibilities that could happen. But I think that yeah, then we're if, like if we're, you're if if you're an athlete and a coach and you're looking at this, like you kind of have to just not speculate 
and run as best you can and then get your answer on the day. Because I don't think that there's anything that, you know, we all know as of now what the date is. And so there's nothing to make you think that you would have information before that date. So plan accordingly. Yeah, that's fair. That's what I did. I mean, I, I don't know. I can't, I can, maybe the other coaches are more, need more information than I did, but I, I it, it was okay for me. And that was like with even more uncertainty time, but this is going to be fairly easy. I think, I don't know. So <clears throat> T, TBA who's going to the Olympics, um, mm-hmm. which is, which is fun and, uh, dramatic. Um, uh, yeah. my, my second loser is the, uh, a race that we've been talking about before. And it's the, the last falls Toronto waterfront marathon, which was by all accounts, an incredible race, uh, <laughs> super fun. Didn't, didn't we say the race was a winner? Yeah, we said it was race? a huge winner and it <laughs> remains a huge winner in a, in, you know, the, every way w- with the exception of this, which is, Melindy Elmore was supposed to run that race mm. and from what I heard was quite fit um, mm. and had a tweak in her hamstring and in retrospect wisely decided not to run the race and wait and be patient. Um, and so that's a Canadian marathon record that could have been set in Toronto. It would have meant that Toronto owned both the men's and the women's Canadian marathon record, which I think would have been quite special. Um, mm. It would have been sort of the, like cherry on top of an extraordinary weekend in Toronto. Although it would have canceled out Dana Pitoreski's performance. Like how, what a sliding doors moment that would have been, right? Like if Melinda mm-hmm. Elmore would have won Toronto in two, let like 225, let's 224, whatever. Like let's say she says mm. the Canadian record there. Um, that means that Dana Pitoreski would have run 229, but not won the trials, which would have not guaranteed her a spot, which would have pushed back that third place spot to <coughs> a 229 and change, which would have made it a lot more reachable for a few athletes. So, uh-huh. Sure, and then you might have like you have to choose not just between Dana and Lindsay, but maybe Leslie Sexton, maybe Mel, you yeah, know, maybe like Emily bring, Setlock. Yeah, it brings who, a whole lot yeah, of athletes into the this, fray, right? Yeah. So, anyway, so it's like yeah. a huge sliding doors moment that her hamstring got grumpy and 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 you know ended <clears throat> that narrative, but um, <clears throat> in a very in a small way, Toronto kind of lost because they could have had that record anyway. They, I mean. I'll yeah. set up races in the future, but um, just kind of sure. too bad for them. So it is, what, and you know, to so to Alan's crowd, Alan Brooks, who's the 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 race uh, owner director of Toronto. Um, you know, you might be listening to this and think like, okay, like whatever, like it's not that big a thing. Alan cares about this. Alan oh, yeah. has noted this. Oh, Alan yeah. is Alan is like super happy for Melindy, but like thinking, damn it. You yeah. know, like missed opportunity because he loves that stuff. And that's why Toronto's such a good race because he cares so much about things like that 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 do matter for the sport. And it, it makes it creates these narratives and it makes it exciting. So 
yeah, I think I think it's it's good to to kind of acknowledge that yeah, Toronto lost out on on a, a potentially um, big kind of event there. It, it it absolutely fucking sucks when a Canadian record is banished to some American town somewhere, <laughs> and that's where it exists, right? Like Houston. Whatever is it? I mean, it's a fine city. It's fine. It's a nice race. Good race. Really high quality race, obviously. Yeah. And, but, you know, in five, six, seven years, if that record stands, people will be like, what? okay, Melinda Elmore has it. Or, you know, mm-hmm. like, where was it at? Where was that set again? You know, like, where, where was Jerome Drayton's record set? Fuku, Fukuoka in Japan. Um, All right. So 75. that came to you pretty yeah. quickly. Yeah, it but that's, I mean, yeah, I mean. It's I'm been not, around for a long time. I'm not. Where was Sylvia Ruger's record set? I know this. Uh, I don't know this. I can't remember. <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah, know. There you go. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. So, but, but, but Cam's record was Toronto and Lanny's record was Toronto. Yeah. Yeah. Rachel's so, record was, uh, was. Japan as well. Yeah. Japan. Women's only race in Japan. Anyway, okay. So I think, and speaking of, so the last loser, we have the same. Um, and again, like, not, not for any kind of personal reasons, but today someone lost two Canadian records, and that person is Rachel Cliff. She going into the, or sorry, Sunday. The going going to Sunday, she had the Canadian marathon record and the Canadian half marathon record, and today she has none of those records. So that's, that's got a sting. That, that is a, that's a, that's a rough day on the ego. I mean, listen, the, 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 the silver lining in all of this is that Rachel Cliff is ascending in the marathon. She is running really well. She has a, clearly has a head for the marathon. I feel like she's got a lot of room to grow with it too. Cause like, if you look at her splits, like she's still, not commanding the second half in the last 10 K and certainly not the last five K the way she could. So there's, a, there's, there's, mm. room, there's room. If there's anybody who's going to go after Melinda Elmore's now new Canadian record, it obviously will be Rachel Cliff. So <coughs> I, I, I yeah. think she could take the records back. She could yeah. take them back. Yeah. 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 So I, I think there's, there's definitely a lot of, uh, a lot of hope to be had for her. Uh, but yeah, it's a, that must sting on a day like today where it's like, you know, you ran really well. She had a great, she ran a great time, but she got beat. She lost a record. And then she got to stand in the finish line and watch somebody else break her big time record too. So mm-hmm. yeah. In the last, in the last three years, she's run one ten Oh eight, one ten Oh six and one ten twelve. So that's, that's consistent at a, at a high level. So yeah. yeah, she'll be aiming and usually, to get under that now. Yeah, yeah usually, you know, I, I think with with breakthroughs and stuff, like things aren't linear. It's not like you just always chop off like 30 seconds off your best time. Like sometimes you, you hang around, hang around, hang around, and then then you go boom, and then you, you know, like, like Natasha Wodak did to the half marathon record today. Or marathon's a bit different, but but half marathon, you get kind of more shots at it. So it's it's kind of normal to be like, around 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 and then drop it so she might run like you know 109 low one day 
Yep. Oh, um, just to uh, circle back on you with the uh, Sylvia Roker's previous long-standing Canadian record that existed from 1985 to 2013 was 228.36, and it was set in Houston, Houston, America. Uh-huh. There, you go. there you go. There you go. So in a way, Melindy brought the record home. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just looking at Sylvia Rooker's performances. Like she super, speaking of consistent, she ran some and on some not easy courses and moments like 229 in the Olympics. That's good. And uh, in in Los Angeles, which I imagine wasn't like ideal conditions anyway. So yeah, yeah, I agree Uh, with you, Rachel Cliff. That's a, that's a tough day for Rachel. Um, She'll be fine. She'll, she'll rebound from this. She'll, run the Olympics, I I predict, and she is definitely a big part of the future of running in Canada, particularly at distance running. So uh, I think she's going to be just fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and uh, I mean, I think we should mention Sylvia. Sylvia passed away uh, recently, and so that, you know, Canada, Canada lost a, a great a great person there for sure. So great marathoner. Yeah. Incredible, incredible so human being as sad. well as, as runner. Yeah. Yeah. All right, John. Well, let's um, let's wrap it up. Uh, that's that's the Houston Marathon. That's the and half marathon, and that's the beginning essentially of the 2020 season. We've got the U.S. Olympic Trials coming up. I mm. I think. I mean, this was like a pretty. This was like entirely a Canadian. This was a CanCon episode for sure. But um, I think we should do the Olympic trials because I, they're in Atlanta. Uh, they're going to be wild. There's a ton of people running it. I think it's, mm-hmm. if my understanding is, it's the largest number of athletes on both the men's and women's side, I think, ever. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And there's a lot of wild cards and a lot of what ifs and question marks. And like, we didn't even mention like Sarah Hall ran the half. She ran really well in Houston and also Jared, mm-hmm. Jared Ward ran the half and also ran really well. He ran one Oh one and change. And, and we so, talked the whole thing without mentioning shoes. We did not talk about <laughs> shoes. Oh, although I will point out Melinda Elmore. She was wearing the Nike shoes. Who, do, who doesn't wear the Nike shoes? Rachel Cliff does not oh. wear the Nike shoes. She's wearing these like on running or on, did we just call it on like the worst SEO named shoe of all time on ON. Um, yeah, she wears, she has to wear, she must be pissed. She has to wear on running shoes when all of her competitors are wearing these like insane cheater shoes and she's got, she's just doing it old school in these like weird shoes man yeah well there's there's a minute right there in your half marathon it's more than a minute just oh in a minute yeah in a marathon yeah and a half marathon we'll, we'll do the math and talk about that next time but um mm-hmm. all right so we'll do we'll do the u.s trials next and uh and then all kinds of crazy shit happens in the spring and we'll cover that too Oh man, I can't wait to talk yeah. about I can't wait to talk about Kipchoge and 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 oh, I cannot wait to talk about so that. exciting. Uh, I hope I'm not disappointed, but I think it's going to be amazing. Um, all right, John, uh, thanks for joining me, and Thank you. Uh, make sure to uh, subscribe to the newsletter, the 
xc.substack.com and follow us on at the xc org at uh, on Twitter and Instagram and the xc org on Facebook as well. All right, John. Uh, thanks very much. Thank you.